0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Full Scope Cybercast, safeguarding the digital frontier. I'm your host, Matt Van Pelt, and with me today are Full Scope IT's CTO, Dan Walk and Brian Amadeo from Business Development. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Matt. Hello. Dan, how are you today?
1: I'm, I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Brian, how are you? Doing fantastic, Matt. Great to see you guys. All right. Yes. Always a pleasure. All right. So I guess we'll start with the uh, this week's uh, buzzword, which is network monitoring. Breaking down the buzzword. Network monitoring is a critical IT process where networking components like routers, firewalls, servers, and other related devices are monitored for faults and failures. The main aim of network monitoring is to detect and report any anomalies or potential issues that might affect network performance or security. So what are the steps a company should take in order to get their network monitoring set up? Dan.
1: Well, network monitoring requires some infrastructure, uh, some servers running somewhere. Um, uh, We typically run these in cloud environments in multiple locations to get a Better view of how things are going, um, and uh, and then very often we also need to have some on-site probes, which are just a PC or a virtual machine that is able to uh, check things um, a little bit closer to the source of uh, what we're actually checking, and uh, what we're looking for is. Any mission-critical servers or switches or routers or firewalls, uh, or even things that are not so mission-critical, um, uh, like printers, uh, you know, you might not consider the mission critical until you absolutely need to print something. Um, and we're just scanning these things all the time to make sure that they're responding properly so that... We know something is going wrong before any of the employees or, or users uh, are confronted with an issue.
2: So, is this a thing that's um, you know not so much uh, on or offline, but does it check in in some way?
1: Um. Well, you know, I, I've always had this problem with network monitoring, where uh, there's no real difference between everything looks fine and the network monitoring is broken. Uh, so we, we tend to, uh, check our network monitoring, uh, very frequently and, and because our, our network monitoring is used for a, a larger number of customers, uh, there's, there's always some information coming out from it. Um, because of uh, power failures or uh, oh, internet sense. connection issues. Um, so we we get like a much more complete view into things than, than you would see just for network monitoring that that would be set up for a single small business. Cool. Well, thanks.
0: You know, is, is network monitoring something a company can do on their own or is it something that a IT company like full scope helps with?
1: Um, you know, certainly uh Companies are free to set up whatever systems they want, and there's a lot of good network monitoring systems out there. Uh, but it does it does require a, a certain amount of expertise in understanding um, what you want to monitor and what the value is, uh, and also how to get the alerts to become usable. Um, and uh, really, one of the biggest challenges. Is to uh, understand that you're getting, you're not getting false positives out of your system. A lot of network monitoring systems will just generate tons and tons and tons of alerts uh, because you may have a slow internet link, or somebody's downloading a big file, and it makes some packets get dropped that are irrelevant. Um, and we've, we've tuned our network monitoring to, to work with these systems and to proactively open tickets, but also to close them as soon as possible if they, they really don't need to be dealt with or if the problem resolves itself.
0: The next question on this list is how does someone create a response plan? Is that, uh, <laughs> I wanted to frame it a little better than that, but how does someone create a response plan, Dan?
1: You know, we, we have our own response plan as, as an MSP that we provide to our customers uh, where we look at uh, service levels um, uh, for, for the tickets that are opened automatically by the, the network monitoring. And um, uh, very often the issues resolve themselves quickly or we have uh, proactive systems that will attempt to resolve the systems automatically automatically. Uh, I'm sorry, attempt to resolve the problems automatically. Um, and then if none of that can happen and it does need to be worked on by a technician, we open tickets and it goes into our, our regular ticket processing. Um, and, you know, we, we have all of these systems built to help support our customers. Uh, if you were to run your own network monitoring yourself, um, you'd have to make sure that the network monitoring system had that kind of uh, integration built in. And a lot of the systems even create their own tickets or will work with another ticketing platform um, that, that you may already be using. So it self-generates those? Yeah, uh, you know, either internally or latched into another system. Uh, you know, in the very simple end, the they can um, send emails or SMS alerts. Uh, some of them will even work with apps on your on a smartphone to generate notifications. All right, great. Well, that uh,
0: brings us seamlessly into our tech tip. Well, if it isn't a tech tip, this week's tech tip: adopt proactive network monitoring for enhanced security and efficiency. Network threats are unpredictable, but your business response doesn't have to be. Implementing a robust network monitoring system can offer a proactive defense strategy for your IT infrastructure. It allows you to identify potential threats before they can cause harm and provides real-time insight to keep your network performing at its best. So, gentlemen, any more thoughts on this topic? I'm glad it
2: exists. I'd like to say that much. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is, a, you know, it's just an interesting point. You know, I have a lot of conversations obviously with people, and they believe that they're secure or they believe they've got an individual in place that sees these things. Um, and the reality is, when we get more into these conversations, they get enough alerts that they become immune to them and they stop really paying attention unless something's drastically different that day. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference between when I have conversations about somebody with an internal person versus using a fractional MSP or a team or multiple people where there's you know layers of review or filtering of these notifications. so um, anyway that's that's my two cents that I, I think a lot of people have a false sense of security because they oh, well, I get result or I get responses from my firewall or from, you know, whatever service they might have in place uh, for this. Uh,
0: So get a team to help you. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. So uh, for more information on how network monitoring can help secure your organization from cybersecurity threats, check out our blog post, What is Network Monitoring and Why is it Important for Business? There will be links posted in the podcast description and also posted on our website. i
2: want to bring up one more topic while we're on this. So I noticed one of the issues here is the response plan. And there is actually a new law in place that requires any publicly traded company to now have a time limit on their response. So like having a CISO in place or a virtual CIO as a service or something along that line but uh, but yeah, there's actually a regulation now that forces you to respond any cyber vulnerabilities, not vulnerabilities, but any uh, incidents within a certain time frame. Uh, so it's uh, it's also another resource that most organizations don't either realize they need or even have in place.
0: But it's an important one. Yeah, I've read that same was that was that on the brew, Brian? Because I think I read the same uh, it thing. Very well,
2: <laughs> may have been
0: that's possible <laughs> yeah the good right. old brew all right there's a plug, there's a plug for morning brew, yeah. brew newsletter <laughs> <laughs> it brew and tech brew this is the story of the week listen up so uh this week's story of the week comes to us once again from the verge the nypd is testing drones that broadcast public safety warnings during emergencies there's a really uh, funny quote from uh can't remember who it is but somebody said the drones are a terrible way to alert New Yorkers but they are a great way to creep us out <laughs> what do you guys think
1: <laughs> wow yeah, I, I i'm I'm actually for it you know i I think that uh that you know this isn't gonna be used to like go out and yell at people for like you know spitting on the sidewalk or jaywalking this is uh Uh, you know, this has been used in, uh, other countries where large crowds are gathering and, um, information needs to be given to the large crowds and you can't like move billboards around and you can't just, uh, go around like shouting at people with a megaphone, uh, from the street level, um, And, you know, I have to say some countries have have used them against uh, protesters who are out there protesting uh, uh, legitimately. And that may not be the best use for this technology. But if there were uh, like a large fire event or New York City, uh, you know, the, the New York City, when the Twin Towers came down, there were a lot of people running around who didn't know which way to go. Or where the problem really was, or even why people were running, um, and to be able to deploy technology like this to get information directly to the people at the site that they need it uh, sounds very powerful to me. Uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, I I agree with you, Dan. That'd be a great
2: use case. It's. Uh, I think there's always this balance and big brother, right? Everybody's concerned about being watched. I was in surveillance for many years, and it's, uh, it's a fine line in a lot of cases, you know, privacy versus protection. Um,
1: well, I, I definitely think there need to be regulations, and the authorities shouldn't be able to deploy any technology that they have for whatever reason they feel like deploying it. They, they need to you know cross a certain threshold to say, you know, th- this is the right time that we can use this, uh, and even though it is a little bit creepy, the value to to save people's lives and keep people safe uh, outweighs that this time.
2: And I, I mean, as someone that I at least believe I have nothing to hide, like part of me always feels like take the information, use it for good. <laughs> That's right. There's where I, I don't have as much confidence. Was it uh, was it Judge Dread? Was or was, or Demolition Man wasn't there a remember the movie where that was the first thing that happens was constantly drones everywhere and they would see everybody do something wrong I think it was a Sylvester Stallone movie and then it would like it would talk to you and then then all of a sudden the you know the actual police would would be on you and it was I think that it was, was a Judge dreaded. Dreaded, It because in Demolition
0: Man nobody there was no crime anymore okay <laughs> there you go so yeah so I think it, yeah so it was yeah. probably yeah. Judge the dreaded. law. But, and, uh, uh, like that's what I pictured as soon as I heard about this article. It. Right. I always go right to 1984.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this all makes really great stories. Uh, uh you know, and, and we all love scary stories. Um, but that doesn't mean the scary stories should drive the way we live our lives. You know, no, none of us would ever stay home alone. Uh, uh, if, uh, we watch too many horror movies. Yeah, I, I know. I
2: don't I don't try to
1: I try not to live in fear. Just
2: go do and this at least the intention of this um article was for emergency response, right? It had nothing to do with surveillance. It was it was for public announcement. So that's uh that's how it's used. But I,
1: it, I do agree it's you know, it's a little creepy having this floaty thing going around and it's uh you know, probably not talking in a robot voice. It's probably some dispatcher in some right. remote data center or call center uh, screaming at you from this drone. Um, so, you know, hopefully at least they uh, have a nice sounding voice. Right. So that, you it know, might even
2: be a 911 a um, operator, too, for that matter. Could be, you know, what we're used to, that type of person that could help with... Uh, to de-escalate a situation.
1: Yeah, they, they're they're usually very good at keeping calm in an emergency and sounding calm and uh, reassuring. Yeah, I will
0: say I would prefer the prefer the drones to the robo dogs. That's, Those that's a step too far for me, if you ask me. I, they're <laughs> no, thank so you. weird. Yeah, robot but, you know, dog. Running are going to be trying to kick that, them over yeah. all day long, and they're <laughs> yeah.
2: they um oh, their body movements oh, are so
0: strange. It's just very very creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, in general, you're right for emergency, you know, broadcasting purposes. I think the drones would be a great thing. Get that information out there and let people know. What other mechanism do
2: we have that could deploy that fast, right? And get to a situation to actually deliver that information? I, I can't think of one. I mean, so from that standpoint, it would, especially, I think it'd be even maybe emergencies uh, in a freeway, highway situation. Or you know, or at a large concert event, or
0: isn't there an emergency thing that that like, can go out to your phone? Didn't something happen in Hawaii where a bunch of people thought the world was ending or something like that? Because oh, like a a uh, I think it was an earthquake, tsunami, or earthquake report. Yeah, and it was and it was like a test that accidentally went out to everybody's yeah, like phone. Fired. That was a few years ago. Yeah, that that individual <laughs> shouldn't say again. Got to carefully regulate this stuff if we're going to use it. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine that moment you realize yeah, uh, it just went right. out. <laughs> <And you're> like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. I know. Oh man. I would just run away. I would yeah. run away. Well,
1: we have, <laughs> we have all sorts of systems like that, that, you know, the authorities just have to be very careful about it. Um, I, I, I'm sure there's air raid sirens, uh, almost everywhere on the planet. <clears throat> That just sit there quiet for decades and decades, hoping that they never need to use them.
0: I mean, that's why we get that at what the emergency right. broadcast. And that's why they system. test it? You know, this is only a yeah. test. Um, I mean, go you go back to like War of the Worlds with Orson Welles, and everybody thought we were really going to attack by aliens. It's like you know what? Right. Where do you?
2: And you have to wow, test, I, right? I you that. you have to know that it's going to work yeah. when you need it to work. So yeah, you have to test. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. I haven't seen that come across TV in a long time. Radio.
1: This all reminds me that that I I feel like I was like the last elementary school class that was required to go out in the hallway and stand in the hallway with our faces to the wall for some sort of like air raid preparedness thing in case a bomb got dropped. I forgot about the facing uh, the wall part. Wow. right. Yeah. And I, I did not I, have I, to do that. I don't think they do that. I don't think they do that anymore. I think somebody finally spoke up and said, you know, if the nuclear bomb gets dropped anywhere near the school. it Doesn't matter what you're doing. Your doesn't matter where you're yeah, standing. doesn't matter what you're
0: doing. Stop terrifying
2: the children. Did either of you have yeah. to get under your desks at any point? Practice that? Because of earthquake. See, I was in California I think, for a bit.
1: Oh, earthquakes. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. Because no they used to do that for the bomb... Uh, the bomb scares uh, In the 60s uh, oh, But then okay. at some point in the 70s It turned into going out And standing against the wall And that just kept going uh, yeah. I think into the early 80s And then they finally stopped
2: I don't think my children have mentioned The only thing they do is they still do a fire drill Like that's still a standard practice But I don't think they do any other emergency yeah. response Fire drills planning.
1: always makes sense
0: Right, because that's at least Plausible do they still do school bus fire drills? Ever, I used to have to jump out the back of the school bus. Oh, I remember that too. Like, they would do like school bus fire drills. Um, <laughs> I always thought those were fun, jumping out the yeah, back of the bus. I hell? know, right? They probably wouldn't allow that now. I mean, how many you know turned ankles can happen jumping out <laughs> My of the kid, yeah, back of the school Trying bus. to
2: teach you to prepare,
0: <laughs> but now you got hurt,
2: so someone's going to sue you. Yeah, My children actually have always... We've always either had to drive them or they're driving themselves at this point, so they never went through the school bus scenario. So I don't know if they still do that. Well, hopefully we all just stay safe. (laughs) That's a plan.
1: You know, to tie it back into the drones. You know, we were all okay in school when there was a PA system and any of these drills (laughs) or anything happened, and principal's voice was blaring over the PA telling us how to stay safe or practice to stay safe. So I, I don't think that the drones are really that much different.
2: They just needed a marketing spin. They just needed to call it a mobile PA system. <laughs> as soon as we ever heard "drone," we all went there. To you like, go. <laughs> no, they're watching me.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just needed a better marketing. straight Good. mobile PA. System. I like that. You might have something right. there, Brian. You got to contact whoever's working yeah. on this we'll in the city. Air capable mobile PA. <laughs> it's
1: an
2: acronym, in there somewhere. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can see the ads now. You cut from some kids in class with the principal telling them it's a fire drill, over to the drones telling people what to do to stay safe. Especially, actually, like if they could nice lead you, nice. like if,
2: if you if there was actually a best way to go, maybe to find some kind of protection. I mean, that's.
1: I saw I saw a video from Ukraine. Uh, I mean, it was very tragic. Uh, this this couple was ambushed and. Um, the ukrainian soldiers knew that there were snipers nearby and they flew a drone with a sign that said follow me in in ukrainian and uh and the woman followed the drone to safety um and uh she thought her husband was dead unfortunately he he uh was just unconscious and uh, he was saved later from what i understand but uh you know, wow. they did use a wow. drone like that
2: that's interesting yeah hmm.
0: So, see, good stuff Great. there. Yeah. There you go. And maybe we should end on that positive note, gentlemen, unless you have any further thoughts. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Full Scope Cybercast Safeguarding the Digital Frontier. We'll be back next week with another episode. So, until then, stay behind your firewall.